Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It is a Falcons football Sunday on Sports Radio 90. Time the game. Live from outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the countdown is on. Three hours to kick off. Today, the Washington Commanders and the Atlanta Falcons live on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. John Fricky alongside our Falcons insider and reporter Joe Patrick. From the smooth lot on this uh, very fallish, uh, very feels like it could be uh, Halloween out there. Uh, that kind of a nice cold uh, fall day on the Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Wade Ford, which is Atlanta's Ford dealer. All right, let's get into uh, some of the numbers here at the top of the hour, three hours to kick off. Let's begin with the injury update. The injury update is brought to you by the W Sauce. Bigger, better, bolder, now spicier. Visit the WSauce.com near you to find a Fireshire retailer around you. And Fireshire, their new big, bold, spicy sauce, which is uh, being tasted here by all the folks that are out here. we got uh, a whole bunch of people out here uh, milling around, seeing some old friends of mine. There's a old buddy of mine, James. Uh, who's uh, out here today? Hi, James. We'll be talking to you. I'll check out You're with like him. You're like the mayor. Yeah, yeah. Just, just people wave. James and Josh and old friends. Yeah, yeah. Back <laughs> nice. out here. Uh, all right. Let's begin with this injury report, Joe Patrick. What yep. do we have in the injury uh, chart today? All right, that's what we got. Okay. All right, we're done. <laughs> Which is, yeah. you know what? Th- this is kind of good news. And uh, you know, knock on wood here. You know, aside from Avery Williams at the beginning of the year and Troy Anderson in the season-ending injuries that the Falcons have had, they've been fairly healthy. Oh uh, yeah, very much so. And if you look back at the teams who make Super Bowls, make deep playoff runs, they do not have injuries. Uh, so much of football because this league, you know, there's the word parity gets thrown around, but all these teams are so competitive with one another. There actually aren't massive differences. Obviously, in some positions, you know, quarterback, that makes a difference. But generally speaking, if you avoid injuries, you're going to be, like, you're, you're just going to give yourself such a leg up over some of these other teams. And so yeah, the Falcons have been very fortunate in that instance. Uh, the one big one coming into this game was Caleb McGarry, who left last, last week's game early in the third quarter. Um, had good replacement play from Storm Norton, who came in, did a good job at right tackle. But Caleb McGarry was limited on Wednesday and Thursday, but then he practiced in full on Friday. And um, I saw his knee actually in the locker room, just like he took his pads off, and he just had some light taping on there on the Thursday. So uh, I would expect him to be ready to go. He will play today. Um, and that was the only question mark really coming into this God, week. How about the commanders on their side of the ball? Commanders, they don't really have a ton going on either. They've got um, uh, F.A. Obata, who's questionable for today, defensive end, but not, not a starter for them, obviously, with that big defensive front that they're going to use consistently, and Christian Holmes, a cornerback, will be out for them. But, again, nothing too major for the commanders either. 
This portion of the show is brought to you by Center Park Credit Union. Center Park Credit Union is the official credit union of Georgia State University athletes. As we uh, talk about the Falcons and we get ready, one of the things about Desmond Ritter here is, you know, you know stats are always, you know, uh, what you make of them. But Desmond Ritter, to this point, has uh, on the metrics, you know, things like passing yards and quarterback rating. He's ahead in the NFL of players like Dak Prescott. He's ahead in the passing categories of Lamar Jackson, of Derek Carr, even Deshaun Watson. I mean, so he's not a, you know, at the bottom of the league. He's in the middle of the pack right now amongst NFL quarterbacks. Somewhere in in passing yards, for example, he's, I think, 15th or 16th. He's right there in the middle of the league, you know, for a team that doesn't really pass that much. And so... I mean, so in some, so in some regards, you know, uh, I, I think the eye test right now is more important maybe than the stats for Desmond Ritter. This way we know uh, statistically about Desmond Ritter. He probably leads the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks at home. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> I mean, the guy doesn't lose at home. What's the funny st- the stat that he hasn't lost at home? Yeah, twenty six and zero. Yeah, yeah, senior in high school. Twenty six and zero at home as a starter for the Cincinnati uh, Bearcats, and now five and zero as a starter for the Atlanta Falcons at home. And hopefully that continues today. We just have to get over the hump of can you win on the road? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's uh, yeah, that's decent record. Um, the thing I like to see from Desmond Ritter especially in that game against the Texans, if you look at his air yards per attempt or his average depth of target is another way that this is phrased, air yards, whatever it is, it was so minuscule. Uh, it, it was 3.5 in the first week of the season. And then that is, I mean, that is incredibly low. It still was like hovering around 7 in the, in the in the weeks that followed. For comparison, Marcus Mariota kind of hovered around 8.5 to 9. But in Arthur Smith's offense, it's kind of designed for a very high air, you know, average depth of target because again, it's so much run, 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 hit you over the top, run, 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 hit you over the top, and 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 hit these targets deep downfield. That average intent, those intended yards came way up last week. I think it was somewhere around twelve, which is very very good. Um, so that's uh, something that really gives Desmond Ritter's statistics uh, a big boost coming off of last week. I don't know how highly he would have ranked. I think he was the lowest-rated passer by PFF um, before last week, but not anymore, thanks to that great game that he had. Well, and it's interesting you mentioned that, only because if you stop and think about some of the air yards that he had in passes last week, those little flips to Scotty Miller count. And yep. that's like two yards and two yards, you know, and the little flip to Bijan for the touchdown, that was maybe four yards. I mean, they're just a little kind of, you know, toss here, toss there. But he did hit downfield, and one of the things – that the Falcons did last week was they made some big catches. I mean, Drake with that great catch along the sidelines where his helmet's popping off and he's jumping up and down. We saw Kyle Pitts really get into the flow of things. He made a couple of really good catches, not to mention the you know astounding catch by Bijan. Uh, all, all that's good. But the Falcons, you mentioned something to me in the break when we were talking about this, and I think it's a really good point, Joe. The Falcons left so many points on the board last week. Those two fumbles, the Bichon fumble and the John U. Smith fumble, the, the, you know, the, this is a team that cannot afford to leave points on the board. They're yeah. not at that level yet. Right, right. And so when, you, when you're doing that, you know, it's, you know, one thing to have turnovers that turn into points for the other team, but the other part of that, the other kind of flip side that's also a negative, is that you don't cash in by turning the ball over to them and giving it and ending a drive. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, something that Arthur Smith has really, I've heard him kind of um, harp on in, in interviews with media or with uh, with 99, is he talks about, you know, there's so much conversation in the NFL about scoring the red zone, and that's when points are left on the tables when you don't punch those in. 
Um, the Falcons have actually been quite good in the red zone, really throughout Arthur Smith's tenure, I would say. And it's because they have that run game. They've got kind of these interesting things they can do uh, to spread you out and, and hit you. And they've got big bodies, big-bodied guys, receivers, who are great targets in the red zone. What he's talked about is the fringe area. That's the, quote-unquote, the fringe area. And he's talking about when you're entering that area where you're entering field goal range, you know, just outside of it, just in it that's the fringe area that he's talking about and that's kind of the area where the falcons need need to improve and get better at and push forward because once they get into those goal to go situations they're very good they punch it in quite often so um there's still room for improvement for this team but i think again it's one of those things that was so great about last week is they won the game you did so well statistically and all that but still there's there's areas where you just left points on the board that you could have you know, that, that, that game could have been one of those ones where we didn't need the game-winning winner drive at the end of it. Well, you mentioned the red zone. Let's go back to the last week and talk about the red zone defense because the uh, Houston Texans were kicking field goals, and that's the reason yeah, yeah. the Falcons were able to be in position to win the game. And this Falcons defense has been put in some really bad positions by this offense over the course of the year. And obviously some of this, these happen in, in some of the games where Desmond Ritter hasn't played well, but... It's like in the, that Lions game it is a classic one where the offense was just p- pretty putrid for most of the game. And then we find ourselves in the fourth quarter to like, wait, this team is still in this. They just need to convert this one half-field drive, uh, you know, for a touchdown. And then, you know, they're right they're one score away from this thing. And it's because this defense is just, they don't get demoralized. They haven't when the offense has played poorly so far this year. So it's a huge testament to them. And it's, honestly, I think it's almost like, a tool for the offense that they can they they don't feel the pressure because they're not having to you know come back and, and feel like they have to outscore opponents they feel like the defense is some something that can help them and that's what we talk about when we're talking about complementary football it's all both these sides kind of helping one another and giving each other confidence you could sense the excitement here among the fans it's not just a you know on this kind of you know cool morning here the they, they're getting all warmed up here and it's not just the uh, liquid lubricant either i think that there's a, a genuine sense of excitement about this team we said at the beginning yeah. of the year going in that as you looked at the schedule of the first six games you had to go four and two they got a shot to go four and two yeah uh, they are favored to go four and two let's hope they finish the deal and go four and two to begin the year because this town wants to catch a little bit of falcons fever they really do 100 percent, especially yeah. after what happened on the other sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People would rather think about anything but okay. at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's something I, I kind of put on, out on Twitter after the game last week. But that game last week against the Texans was super important because of what happened, because of what Desmond Ritter showed, because of what it meant for the Falcons winning at home, keeping that kind of home track record going. Um, but it was also so important for the uh, the vibes. The vibes of this team, the vibes of what we're seeing in front of us right now with these fans like they everybody wants to get on board this Falcons team and it's whether this Falcons team can take them there you know whether they can actually kind of reward them with the performances on the field and that's where again we were talking about the atmosphere inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium earlier in the show it's one of those things that just goes both ways and and it's a positive feedback loop when things start going well when the team starts playing well the fans are going to get more into it it's going to help the team you know and that's what you want to see all right so talk to me about positive feedback loop let's talk to all these fans you have a unique perspective uh, back in the Super Bowl run, uh, I was in the locker room on a regular basis, and we talked about the brotherhood. But they they bought into it, yeah. and they were playing ping pong, and you could really sense the camaraderie on the team. And there was, you know, I've been at, look, I 
covered the San Diego Chargers during the Ryan Leaf years. I was in those locker rooms, okay? And you can tell when a locker room, you know, when a team's got something kind of going. Yeah, yeah. And, and so are you getting a sense that this team is kind of, you know, not, not bonding's a weird thing, but believing yeah. in themselves. But, I mean, is there a sense that, hey, guys, you know what? We're, we're okay. We're, we're doing this. No, I mean, bonding is it. Like, I mean, it, there is that that happens inside of a locker room. It's it's such a unique place in um, – in American life, being inside of a, a, a pro f- sports team's locker room, because it's just an—it's a, a place where these players can just be themselves and you know love their teammates, and they're in such an interesting profession where they're—they're—you know—they're—it's a physical job. You know, their bodies are on the line, it, and especially in football. And to see these guys really kind of grow close to each other, I, I think it was even something that was developing last year when when the team wasn't as talented, but now you bring the talent in. But, I mean, just this week, it's like, you know, Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson playing ping pong together in this locker room. And what's funny about the Falcons facility, you can kind of mention this earlier, but, you know, it's an older facility. Their locker room is getting expanded right now, but as of right now, it's it's tight. Yeah, I mean, it, it is tight in there. and it and I, But there's something about it, that kind of ruggedness aspect to it, and the locker room, lockers are small and guys are kind of in close that that builds something extra, I think, in the, in some of these players. And it's uh, it's really good to see, and it's good to see them be able to kind of take some of that back out onto the field um, and put on a show for us. Yeah, some fans wouldn't understand. Uh, there are actually people who do the, I don't know if it's feng shui or something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. who don't understand the, the dynamics of what goes into a locker room. Like, for example, one of the things that Dan Quinn did back in the day was, uh, prior to Dan Quinn, the locker room was position by position players. So all the wide receivers are here and all the running, and he broke it up. Yep. And you had a wide receiver next to a, def- uh, with an offensive lineman on one side and a defensive, you know, yep. back on the other or something like that because he wanted to make sure that those position groups didn't just get comfortable with the position group totally. that they knew, hey, this is my buddy, the offensive tackle. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, I think it's so funny. It's like B. John Robinson is wedged in between Kaderil Hodge and, and Ryan New. <laughs> and, you know, those are, and those kind of become like some of your best friends on the team just because you're, you know, you're sitting right, right next to them all the time just, just you know, chatting in the locker room, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It is the uh, Wait for Tailgate show on a, uh, I think, a picture-perfect Sunday. I know you're looking at us. I go, what are you talking about, Frankie? I'm saying it is a football <laughs> Sunday, okay? That's right, that's right. It smells like football around here. It feels like football, and we have football for you today with the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington Commanders. It is Week six uh, for the Atlanta Falcons as they try to go to four and two on the season live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We are counting down to kick off a one o'clock kick coming up on Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game. Day for the Atlanta Falcons on Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It feels like a football Sunday. It is a football Sunday as we get you ready for a one o'clock kick between the Falcons and the Commanders. We're taking you to the top of the hour. We'll join the network at the top of the hour. Mike Johnson and Chris Goforth with the network pregame show from inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium at 11. And then the kick at 1 o'clock with uh, Wes and Dave on the call as the Falcons try to go for their fourth straight win at home this year, their sixth straight win overall at home. If you go back to last year against Arizona and Tampa at the end of the year, the Falcons are actually going for six wins in a row at Mercedes-Benz ah, Stadium. One of the that? yeah, one of the untold stories here is the, the win streak at home that the Atlanta Falcons happen to be on. Uh, some of the keys to the game for today's game between the Commanders and the Falcons. One of the keys is this sudden home field advantage that the Atlanta Falcons seem to have and the fact that uh, now uh, other teams are coming in. Look, you can talk to me all you want, Joe, about we always like to say 
what's the toughest place in college football to go in and play? You know, is it going into Death Valley at night at LSU? Is it going to this place or that place at Neyland Stadium? You pick it, you know. And what's the hardest? I'm going to tell you the hardest place to play when the opponent is really super good. Okay? (laughs) That's the hard Where you don't win. Okay? That's the hardest place to play. And uh, right now, the Atlanta Falcons, you don't come in here and win. Yeah. Yeah, no, you don't. I mean, and I think that that is something that this team really takes pride in too. Is is no is having that feeling of like this is this is our field, this is our stadium, and you're not going to come in here and have an have an easy day. And so, especially I think for a team like the Commanders with a quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback like Sam Howell, they, I think they want him feeling that way too. So I mean, I think it's something real that they're building here. All right, it's it's obvious to say, and we've talked about it at length all week long. You know, will we see what we see from the quarterback today for the Atlanta Falcons? But let's talk about that running game because last week it was a little bit muted. Uh, you did see more of Tyler Algier. He got 17 carries last week. Yep. Uh, and, and maybe they can establish that running game a little bit more because this is one of those days where I have a sense that the script might flip a little bit where. The Falcons have had to come from behind in the other three games. Yep. I think today they may ha- be in a position where they're hanging on to a lead, and if you want to hang on to a lead, what that's going to require is that kind of mid to late third quarter, nine-minute drive where you're really just moving the chains and moving it with that, you know, that what was the the one last year, 17 plays, just all yep. running? Yeah, You yep. really lean on Bijan, you really lean on Tyler, and you really lean on that running game, especially against a good front, but you kind of wear them out and you start getting three and four and five yards at a time. Yeah, I think what you just Describe there it kind of is the next step for this team and how we expect them to play which is you know to, 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 your, to your point leaning on that running game but you really have to do that when you're playing from you know with with a lead the I think Des Ritter had 37 pass attempts last week and let's, let's be honest like it's not like Arthur Smith goes into a week trying to you know determining how many attempts his quarterback is going to get it's all going to be about the 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 state of the game and what he feels the team needs but clearly I think his ideal is for this team to be pounding teams physically and having his quarterback throw probably 25 times a game, 25, 30, some, somewhere in that range. So um, we'll see if that happens today. I think one of the big things, again, <laughs> mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about some things on this show that you don't hear typically on sports radio. One of them is like pass protection, uh, how the offensive line uh, goes about identifying blitzers and things like that. Something that really helped the Falcons team last year was Desmond Ritter's cadence. The Houston Texans jumped off side right. four times. Four times. But it also helps them in the running game and in, in, in pass protection because guys aren't, you know, those linemen are not getting that big jump off the ball, really being able to be explosive on you from the get-go. And I think it's, it's especially important in this game because you've got such big, physical, talented defensive linemen that the commanders have. You want to keep them kind of on their heels a little bit when the ball is snapped, and you do that by – you know, mixing things up. And the reason why teams are able to get a decent jump on the Falcons is because they use so much motion in their offense that teams are able to kind of identify, okay, they're going to snap the ball when when this guy's coming across or whatever. So they have they have some of that stuff scouted. That's where they did a really good job last week of breaking that up. They would have a guy come in motion, come in motion, mm-hmm. and then kind of stop. And they, went, and they weren't moving. And then that's when teams were like, oh, what? And then the hard count gets them. The uh, keys to the game brought to you by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons and the the NFL. John Freaky and Joe Patrick. One of the uh, kind of unsung, untold, untalked about stats the last week enough is no sacks allowed. Yeah. No sacks allowed. Now, a couple of things happened last week in that. You talked about the cadence. You also talked about the fact that they were – 
uh, able to get the ball out of the hands of uh, Desmond Ritter quicker by design. And since he was holding on to it too long, they said, well, you know, you can't, you, you try and break him with that habit, but what if we did it by design a little bit? That's why you saw those Scotty Miller plays. You know, the catch it, pitch it, catch it, pitch it. You know, I mean, get it out of your hand, get it out of your hand. We have to teach you a little hot potato here, you yeah, know. I yeah. mean, and so uh, the, the, you're not going to sack many people when you're catching it and flipping it, you know, you're yeah. not going to get sacked. So yeah. you don't want to get hit. We don't want you to get sacked. And then when you're going up again, that front four of the Washington Commanders, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, and Durant Payne. And, and that is as fearsome a front four as the NFL. The back seven, the back seven aren't very good. And you're going to get some matchups up there that you might be able to exploit. This is where the Falcons went to the tight end a lot last week. There were a lot of targets. And finally, Kyle Pitts got into kind of a real rhythm that we may not have seen since Matt Ryan was the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it's been that long. It was, I think it was his, uh, yeah, it, it actually was his highest uh, receiving game, yards receiving, since Matt Ryan, the Matt Ryan season. I think it was like sometime in January against the Jets, I believe. Was the last time uh, Pitts had, had caught that many yards in a game. Um, but to your point about the, them getting the ball out of Ritter's hand quickly and scheming some of those things up, I think that uh, John o. Smith plays plays a big role in that too. And I think that people feel a certain type of way about him um, currently tied for the team lead in receptions, leading this team in yards. But I think one of the reasons is because he's that kind of savvy, more experienced tight end who knows where soft spots are and just makes himself available for Desmond Ritter to throw the ball to, especially early, uh, you know, in, in a in a play developing. So I think that that's important. But another thing in the way that they were able to scheme up some of this stuff, and John, it was a point point that you mentioned earlier in the show about them just having the amount of plays in the game to get in a rhythm to get a little bit deeper in the playbook. There was one really important play that went to Michael Pruitt last week. He, I forget how many yards he gained, but he took them into scoring uh, scoring position where then Bijan took the shovel pass on, on the next series um, in for the score. But it was a play where it was like a Michael Pruitt fake bad block where he, it, I, I'm certain that it, this was a fake kind of fall down to the ground, make the defender think that you just slipped up and that he's going to have a beeline to the quarterback. And then he leaks out into the flat wide open and is able to run for 20 plus yards down the field. That's the kind of stuff that I feel like you can really scheme for Desmond Ritter. He can be very capable of, of executing that kind of stuff. But you got to get a little bit of a rhythm and get into Arthur Smith's play calling book, play sheet before you can get to some of that stuff. But it's really vitally important for the Falcons to be able to do that. Yeah, some of the keys to the game. Now, we saw the full kind of arsenal last week, finally, uh, in the number of snaps that they were able to get. Uh, probably should have had more than the 21 points that they ended up with. Uh, we also saw a wheel route down the seam to Keith Smith to the yeah, fullback. Yeah, that was... I mean, we, we were, we're pulling out all the stops. We're, we're running, you know, double reverses with Drake London. We're throwing seam routes to the fullback. Uh, we're, you know, <laughs> we're throwing inside pitches <laughs> to Scott Miller. I mean, we're doing everything out there. And, they, boy, I tell you what, if you're the Washington defensive uh, side of the ball, you're going to have to... You have to... Well, right, wait, prefer, we always said, you know, you're going to come with a lot of different weapons on this offense. And last week we saw that. The diversity of the weapons. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And that Keith Smith play, just to go back to real quick, if you're going to ask any player what was their favorite play from that game, they'll all tell you it was that Keith Smith catch because it was a great throw by Desmond Ritter. I mean, the execution on it was near perfect. But um, but the, everybody loves Keith Smith. I mean, he's just like one of those under-heralded guards. He's kind of like an offensive lineman, you know, where you just never really get credit unless you screw up and then everybody's looking at you. Uh, but for him to have his career-long play, uh, you know, on that catch, and Arthur Smith even said that actually the coverage was not how it 
would have de- how they thought it would develop post snap. They thought they had the look, which is why they went to it uh, at the line of scrimmage. And it was just a great throw and adjustment by Desmond Ritter, kind of on the fly to get that ball in there. And yeah, it was very creative play calling to have a uh, have a fullback going out on a wheel route, but he exits through the a gap like he's lead blocking and then goes out under that in that kind of sideline route. It was great to see. It is the Wait for Tailgate Show brought to you by Wait for Atlanta's Ford Dealer as we are broadcasting live from the smooth lot ahead of the Falcons and the Commanders, and it's really starting to pop up here. Uh, we're jumping with the uh, we got football flying yeah. around. Oh yeah, fight. we got the, all the smoke going on. The W Sauce is here. Uh, what in under truck wreck is here with all their folks, and uh, the it teams is uh, coming through. It sounds like the Falcons are coming in. Yeah. Here comes the police uh, thing with the with the Falcons buses coming in. Yeah, and so we are getting uh, ready for football here. Now, when we talk about the keys to the game, Joe Patrick, it is super cliche to say you got to get off to a quick start. But I, 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 I want to kind of amend the quick start thing here. Okay. I just want to see. I want to see the Falcons be efficient and on their game early because last week they chose to take the ball first. I mean, that was a conscious decision. Bam, they went three and out. Yeah, and yeah. so. I, I don't want them to go three and out. I, you know, if you don't score in your first possession, that's one thing. But move the ball, be efficient, show some different looks. You know, get it into a field position. At least make it a positive experience when you touch the ball. Don't make it a oh, we're putting ourselves behind the eight ball because we've seen them in this stadium before. Like for example, first play of the game against the Green Bay Packers, which ends up you know with AJ Terrell with a smart but but, but costly penalty mm-hmm. on what otherwise would have been a touchdown. Where early in the first possessions of the game, this team doesn't. They seem to say, okay, let's go, guys. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, it's funny because we've talked a lot about, so on the show so far about uh, what Desmond Ritter did last week and how much that kind of proved to the fans who have not seen that and uh, from him. You know who else hasn't seen a lot of what Desmond Ritter showed last week? Other teams. Other teams have not seen him perform like that. And so I think that that performance that he had last week is actually going to help the Falcons doing what they want to do, especially early in games where – it's going to make teams prepare for more, and it's going to, I think, open up a little bit more of what they want to do in the running game. All right, talk to me about Washington. What does Sam Howell do well? You know, he's got a wide receiver core. Yep. I, I've said, you know, for a long time that I think Terry McLaurin, if Terry McLaurin is on the, the Kansas City Chiefs or the Philadelphia Eagles, you have a different perspective of this egg. of this man. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a, he's a there's aces in baseball. I don't know what the comparison you would make in football is for a receiver, but he is that guy. I mean, he's the number one X, whatever you want to call you know, that kind of caliber of wide receiver. Um, and a bunch of other playmakers, Jahan Dotson, uh, Curtis Samuel, all these guys have speed who can beat you over the top. Um, it's going to be a very difficult challenge. And the other thing that Sam Howell has is he's got an absolute cannon attached to his, to his, to his right shoulder. Um, when it's really fun to watch some of the, the film on him. Just the way the ball comes out of his hand is um, it's like it's coming out of the jugs machine or something. Just like the spin on it. You can see the rotation on the ball. These perfect spirals. He's, he's really got a lot of talent. And he can move around, too. That's the, the interesting thing about Sam Howell and taking all these sacks that he's taken so far this season is he actually can move. He can do things with his legs. And maybe that's one of the reasons why he's taking the sacks is because he never, wanted, he never wants to give up on that play. He always wants to feel like he can make something happen and he goes down. But certainly he can beat you with his arm. Like, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, this commander's team, it's so weird. They're such a volatile team. They lost. They got blown. They got smoked by the Bears last week, the worst team in football. That we, well, at the week before. At, the, at, at that point in time. Um, 
But then they had, they went to overtime with the Eagles the week before that. <laughs> so like, when, right. so which commander team is going to come in here? I think that's the biggest question. Yeah. Well, I guess we could all say which Falcons team. Absolutely. Come in. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, Falcons are a totally different team. Home on the road. Right. Exactly. Road. I mean. But, you know, is it the London Falcon team or is it the team yeah. we saw last week, especially, you know, towards the second half of the game where they took control of that game against the Houston Texans? We are broadcasting live from the Smooth Lot. It does feel like a Falcons football Sunday. People are showing up. It's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a big Sunday as the Falcons try to go to 4-2 and two on the season on this uh, very much. There's somebody over here. There's a young lady who's wearing shorts and a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> God lover. God lover. Maybe oh, she, no. There might, there might be a beer jacket involved. I mean, you never know. Uh, not this early. Oh, I don't probably think. not. Yeah, I just saw. Probably not. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, stand by as we come back in here with some of the concerns of the game as we get you ready for football today on Sports Radio 929 The Game. As we uh, bring you the Wayport Tailgate Show. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't have. It's so bad of me, Joe, because I've got a uh, smoker, right? Okay, yeah. and and I've got a uh, flat top, okay. Right. Oh, but nice. I don't. I, I told my I told my wife I need to go out and get the like just a Weber. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah, a charcoal sure. just grill. Charcoal grill. Yeah. Because I don't. And why don't just so go don't, to the? Oh, so you don't have one? No, I mean no. And so you don't get that because there are the times tr- you just want that that smoke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, you gotta you get, have that. Get the, you know, get them all. I used to have have one forever, and you would push them off to the side. Then you would take that applewood and put it in the other side. And yeah, oh yeah, you know what? I got to do that. It's, what is it called? What was that? A couple hundred bucks, right? I mean, for a nice Weber. Yeah. I mean, I got to do that. Yeah. Probably not even that much. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But there's inflation, so who could tell? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I see all these, and it's great to have all the kind of like the setups here, you know, because and, and the smokers were the only problem with the smoker, like the big smokers that they bring, yeah. is that you got to haul them. I know, I know, They're, they take up a lot of space. Yeah, it's a lot of volume. It's a lot of volume on those things. I mean, because so, they these people, some of them have trailers. Yeah, yeah, to bring the smoker in. Well, you know what, John? I'm so thankful that other people do do that for me, just so I can smell it. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> thank you, thank you, everybody else for going to all the trouble. I mean, I'm the kind of guy that used to bring a hibachi. You know, the little itty bitty hibachi oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> You're like, what are you going to cook ding, on ding, that? Ding, a hot dog? Flip, flip the spatula. The thing's about uh, a foot and a half long and, you know, eight inches wide. It's like, you know, uh, maybe you can get a hot dog or two on there, champ. I don't know. <laughs> Not competing with these guys. Right. Uh, but it does smell. It's one of those weird smells because there are certain smells in life that I love. Like yeah. the smell of fresh coffee. I, I, I worked in gas stations yep. forever. And um, and I noticed that I was working at a gas station in, in uh, uh, there's a little town uh, in DeKalb County called Pine Lake. Okay. And it's on Rockbridge Road uh, near Stone Mountain, like in between Clarkston and Stone Mountain, this little kind of speed trappy town of Pine Lake. And there was, it's a Texaco now, but it was a, it was a Chevron station back in the 70s and 80s. And I worked there and I, 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 at the top of the hill there, and I would be in the Chevron station out there pumping gas. And I realized I loved the smell of gasoline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. There's, yeah, there's some interesting ones like that. And, and so lighter fluid does the same thing. So when I smell lighter <laughs> fluid, you, it's you like, you know, people say, oh, do you smell the barbecue? I'm going, no, I smell the lighter fluid. <laughs> and I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for today's game here, uh, oh, man. Uh, some of the concerns. Uh, one of my concerns for the game today is that the Falcons are not going to be able again to get a pass rush. And this is why we talked about the money and Terry Fontenot kind of looking out there. There are eight teams in the NFL that have one win, or in the case of Carolina, none, 
who, as some of whom are going to be, we're talking about some teams that are already, we're looking at them thinking, you know, are they going to start tri- stripping their team out here? Right, right. You know, because, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, for example, you know, with no Justin Jefferson for a month and a half, yep. right? Yeah. And a team that's now, you know, sliding in the wrong direction, probably not going to catch the Detroit uh, Lions. Already you're looking at that. And do they have to, you know, move on from Kirk Cousins, try and, you know, are they looking at what you saw from Michael Penix yesterday? Are they looking at a quarterback change there? And are they going to make a big move? And do they need to free up a whole bunch of money to try to make some free agent moves? And so would a guy like Hunter, Daniel Hunter, be available? Uh, we know that Frank Clark has been made available. Yep. Uh, and so other teams, the, the Rams, uh, you know, they're, they're a team that's kind of teetering on the edge, you know, and we know the kind of talent that they have out there, you know, in terms of uh, being able to make some moves. So um, do you look at the Atlanta Falcons? Are they able to? Because I don't see anything right now that says to me that the current personnel are going to. We're five games in. I think we'd have an idea that the current personnel is going to be able to do that. Yeah, and especially at the pass, you know, at the edge position or pass rushing, however you, know, however you want to define whatever role that is. It's, it's, it's rushing the passer. And an interesting component of this Falcons defense is two guys that you thought would be instrumental in generating that pass rush and, and doing that job. Arnold Ebicady, D'Angelo Malone have not very gotten much playing time under Ryan Nielsen, considering the changes that he's made. The changes that he's made to this defense, especially personnel-wise, he wants that bigger defensive line, that bigger, powerful kind of power rushing defensive line. And those guys just don't really have a, a, a role that really fits kind of their skill set. Is more like three, four outside linebackers, speed rusher types. And so, I do wonder what they're going to do. Um, not just long term, but just you know, in the near future. Because again, we've talked like this team has its eyes set on a division championship, and if you if that is your goal, then yeah, you probably do want to go out and try to add as as much as many pieces as you can that you feel like can really elevate your team from where it is now. And so, I think Daniel Hunter would be a guy who should definitely be on the Falcons' radar. I'm not so sure about Frank Clark. You know, why well, he's not? Yeah, yeah. Frank yeah, Clark's yeah, not yeah, on their radar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Randy Gregory obviously just went. He will get his debut for the 49ers today going from the Broncos. But, you know, to your point, it's like there are players available in this league. I think we're starting to see it. We're going to start seeing it more in the modern NFL teams making these midseason trades where for a while it kind of went out of fashion. Now teams just didn't want to do it. There weren't that many midseason deals. But I really do feel like, especially on the defensive side of the football, you can really improve your chances. Well, you know, I think we've seen, look, Calais Campbell at his age, he's lost a half step. We all understand that. Sure. But he's been disruptive. Yeah. And, uh, and But Dupree seems to get better on a week-to-week basis and seems to get there. Maybe he gets there this week. One of the things that surprised me is that we haven't seen it called, we mentioned it earlier, Grady's name more often in terms of sacks. And I really expected, and Caden Ellis has had a couple of nice moments, but I thought in around Nielsen defense that, you know, especially Nielsen knowing how to use him, that we would have seen more of Caden Ellis. I'm not, by the way, I'm not faulting anybody. Right, it may right. be partly scheme, Yeah, you know, and, you know, and not, you know, hey, why isn't he getting in the corner? Well, because he's out in the flat coverings, people. That's right, why. Right, right, I right. mean, and there's no Troy Anderson, so maybe you have to cover for Nate Landman on some things that, you know, sure. you'd have to pick up some other extra duties here, yeah. you know, because Troy Anderson's not there. So I, I think it's too simplistic to sit here and say he's not getting the job done. He may be doing his job perfect, you know, exactly like they want him to. He's just not registering the sacks because people thought Caden Ellis was going to come in here and get 8 to 10 sacks. Yeah, and like we said, I mean, this Falcons defense is number 7 overall in overall defense in the league, both on a points basis and on a yards per game basis. So this is a very good Falcons defense. They are doing the job, but you just feel like if they, if you want to continue 
with this kind of production, this level of performance on the defense, you're eventually going to need to get to the quarterback a little bit more than you have so far this season. Create more of those negative plays because that's generally how successful NFL te- uh, successful defenses do it. Is they get all well, the they've played as a unit very well. I mean, yeah. as you just said. Yeah. But it is interesting that if you start thinking about, you know, who's had a, you know, here's a team that you say is seventh overall, right? Uh, and so you would think, okay, multiple pro bowlers. Well, you've got, well, there's Jesse Bates. And, and, and it's just a case where nobody individually has shown out except for uh, kind of you're calling his name except for three. I yeah. mean, he's shown out. I mean, there's he's been all over the field. Yep. The rest of them, they're doing their job, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, yeah. they're getting the job done. And boy, i got to tell you, I have one real high hope here, and that's that's Jeff Akuda is going to be Jeff Akuda. Finally live up to that Jeff Akuda, because if he does and you've got A.J. Terrell and Jeff Akuda for a few years, dude, that's a good thing to have. Yeah, and it's making me wonder if the Falcons may have maybe opened up some money to potentially you know sign him to a longer-term contract at some point. Uh, because and and the the Falcons will need to do that with AJ Terrell too, but um, yeah, I mean this is a very very good looking tandem, and especially what they're doing together uh, under Jerry Gray. And let me tell you, Jerry Gray had a great you know piece of information for us this week when I was asking him about D. Alford and the way that he stepped up. But he says it's been this whole secondary because they get together on Tuesdays without the coaches on what is supposed to be an off day for the players, and they always film together, break it down, so that when they then go to install things on Wednesday and Thursday. They already have looked at these receivers. They already have an idea of how they want to defend them and had those conversations within themselves. Then they can have a conversation with the coaching staff once they get to installations. It just puts this whole secondary at such an advanced stage during the week when you're getting prepared for an opponent. And that's what this kind of veteran experience like Jesse Bates has brought to this defense. Is that a, is that a Bates thing? Yes, that's what I've, I've heard that he did the same thing in Cincinnati. Yeah, because, you know, before the season when he was having dinner with all our guys, remember all the rumors, uh, he was all, all over town. Jesse Bates has been seen having dinner with, you know, with this guy and that guy out here, you know. And, and, and you know, one of the things I think maybe, especially after the breakdown, the one breakdown the secondary's had, the one really big breakdown, was in Detroit on Sam Laporta yeah, yeah. when Richie Grant went the wrong way. Yeah. And Sam Laporta was wide open by about 5,000 miles. Uh, and so I, I'm sure that Jesse Bates said, no, nah, none of that no more. Yeah. You know, I mean, because we've got to stop that. Uh, we can't have guys running free in our secondary. Yeah. I mean, this is the NFL. Uh, so it'll be interesting today. The keys to the game, I think, we're also talking about you know defending home turf, red hats. You know, we want to get, you know, the keep the home win streak going, keep the red hat, you know, momentum going. That's right. You know. I want the Red Hat momentum to keep going for for, for selfish reasons because if they play really well again in the Red Hats, I want to see if anybody at Flowery Branch named Arthur Blank will hear me (laughs) when I say, can you please go back to the permanent real helmets? They're so good. They're so good. They're so good. Love to see them. It is the uh, Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Wade Ford Atlanta's Ford dealer live from the smooth lot as we broadcast ahead of the Falcons of the Washington Commanders on a Falcons football Sunday live and your home of the Atlanta Falcons, Sports Radio 92. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.